All right, so we're going to be in John chapter 3, and we're going to do verses 1 through 21. John chapter 3 says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born... Sorry, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify what that we have seen, and ye receive, ye receive not our witness." If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Verse number 13, And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lift up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lift up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life, everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the Son of, in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that this deed or that his deeds may be made manifest, that they were wrought in God. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you for this glorious day, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to gather around your word. Lord, to hear your truth. Lord, I pray tonight that uh, you would calm my heart, calm my tongue. Lord, that your truth would speak to us. Lord, this has nothing to do with my thoughts or my views, but it has all everything to do with the Word of God and, and your pure and perfect truth. So, Lord, please let it enter our ears, travel to our hearts, and take root and grow, and let it mold us and shape us into the men and women you would have us to be. Lord, let us... Be, he- be doers and not just hearers of your word. Let us uh, put into action what you have for us, these truths out of your word, that we may be a bold and effective shining witness for you. God, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, the first thing we see is that now uh, we see Christ has, has begun to get a few followers, and he's got men that are following him, men that are disciples that are, are trying to learn from him, but he's starting to uh, get some recognition. And because of that, uh, we have a Pharisee named Nicodemus. 
that comes to visit him. Now, who were the Pharisees? Uh, the Pharisees were and are Jewish religious leaders. Um, they were not exclusively priests or Levites, but were, were men in the, in the Jewish nation of the Israelites that were considered uh, to be knowledgeable, that were considered to be uh, rulers. They, they were considered to be wise. Uh, these men studied the word and they, they knew it forwards and backwards. Um, but most had actually nothing to do with the worship in the temple. These Pharisees believed that uh, in most of the same doctrines that we believe in. They believed that God created the heavens and the earth. They believed uh, that He did it in six literal days. They, they, they believed the Old Testament Word of God. However, uh, in, their, in their extremism is where we see the difference. They were uh, so extreme in their belief that they uh, contended that even the verbal traditions that were passed down were God's law. So they took the law that God had given through Moses, and then they took all of these traditions from the time of Moses, and, and they added all of that to God's law. And because of this, uh, it ended up being some 600 plus laws that they believed they had to ritually follow in order to be in God's will, in order to be able to to live with God. They believed that they had to follow all of these laws. And this is completely impossible. Um, to the point where in Matthew 23, uh, Jesus himself goes through and, and has some very harsh words for them. Let's Let's turn over there. And it, it's pretty much the whole chapter, but he says it over and over again. Um, Matthew chapter 23 and verse number 1 says, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they did, they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not after, do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on man's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do, for to be seen of men, they make broad their phylacteries, and enlarge the borders of their garments, and love the uppermost rooms at feasts, and the chief seats in the synagogues, and greetings in the markets, and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But be not ye called Rabbi, for one is your master." even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Verse number 13, But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer before ye shall receive the great the therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. 
Woe unto you, ye blind guides, which say, Whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing, but whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater the gold or the temple, that sanctifieth the gold. Christ is, is going on a tirade here, uh, just tearing apart these scribes and Pharisees because he saw their hearts. He saw that they were self-righteous, that... that they had these 600 laws that, that they were forcing men to obey that, that they would uh, literally, if, if you disobeyed in one law, you would be uh, ostracized. You would be removed from being able to worship in the temple. And yet they themselves weren't following them. And this was, this was the truest form of religion that, that is in the day. And this is the thing that Christ came to destroy. Now, what is wrong with their idolatry? With their ideology, and honestly, it's it's idolatry. It's plain and simple. They have created a god who conforms to their image, and they worship that god rather than the god of creation. By adding those those rules and the verbal traditions, mo- many of them uh, had to do with just purification. With uh, you know, later on in the Gospels. Um, they they have a confrontation with the disciples of Christ, wondering why they don't wash their hands before they eat, and that's when you know Christ comes and says, "It's not what you put into your body that defiles you; it's what what is in you that defiles you." And he's saying it's not needful for you to wash your hands to to be holy and clean because your heart is what's pure and what's what's evil, and that's what defiles you. It's it's needful for you to cleanse your heart, and that can't be done with water. Their legalism and their self-righteous attitude causes them uh, to separate from those who truly need the Savior. Imagine a doctor who refuses to help the sick around them simply because he's not sick. I mean, that's, that's really what, what it was. They, they believed in their heart that they were holy and pure and perfect, and they were righteous, and they had no reason uh, to seek a Savior. And because of that, they separated themselves completely from the Messiah. They, they missed him completely. And this is the man that has now come to Jesus by night. It's interesting that it's by night. And we'll get into that more uh, as we go through next week. But um, he comes to Jesus secretly uh, seeking answers. And verse number two is, is very telling. Um, he says, The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi. Again, I mean, in, in Matthew 23, uh, he just... Christ just said, don't let anybody call you rabbi because none is your master but me. So at least he's got the name right for Christ. But he's not calling Christ rabbi because he knows that he is the Christ. He's calling Christ rabbi because that's what he calls somebody who who knows more than he does. But the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Nicodemus knew a few things. He, he had a, a expansive knowledge of the Old Testament. Uh, he could quote books and books of Scripture from memory. Um, Nicodemus was a brilliant man. And he comes to Christ and he says, We know that thou art a teacher. Now you would think for a man that has studied books like Isaiah and Ezekiel and, and the Old Testament prophets and, and Moses, they had all of these books. They had... All of the, the Torah, uh, they had all of this and they studied it every day, all day. 
you would think that a man who spent so much time in the Word of God could understand that Christ was doing the things that were laid out in Isaiah. He was, he was healing the blind. He was letting them see. He was, he was uh, healing the lame and, and preaching salvation. You would, you would think that he would immediately make the connection that Christ is the Messiah. But here, he's made the connection that he's a teacher. That's all he is. He's just a teacher. And he comes and he, and he says, you know, we know that you're a teacher because no one can do these things except they come from God. Well, if nobody can do these things except they come from God, then wouldn't you believe that the person doing them was God? It only it, it makes sense to me in my simple mind, but uh, they were so wrapped up in their own uh, righteousness that they, that they completely missed and they couldn't understand. But Jesus, as soon as as soon as Nicodemus says this, Jesus goes into in verse number three. He gets right to the heart of the matter, and he doesn't even uh, acknowledge the question that that Nicodemus or the, the the statement that Nicodemus has made. He just simply says. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Right to the heart of the matter. It's not how righteous you are. It's not how clean you can make yourself. It's not how, how much you know. It's you must be born again. Um, in our history here in the United States... Uh, I don't want to go too far into it because I don't want to butcher it too much, but uh, the original 13 colonies, the very first to allow religious freedom was Rhode Island. Um, all the rest of the colonies followed along with England and they persecuted men and women that believed like we did, preachers that would preach uh, the gospel like we do, uh, that, that refused to get a license from the state church in order to be able to preach. And there was a man named George Whitfield. And George Whitfield uh, was an Anglican pastor. Uh, he had come over from England. He had gotten, he'd taken the license from the state before he ever uh, got saved and, and understood. But uh, he went around the country preaching, you must be born again. That was almost his whole message. You must be born again. And a reporter asked him at one point, why do you keep preaching that? And he says, because you must be born again. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the most important thing. That's the only thing that gets us into heaven. That's the only thing that can, that can cleanse us and purify us is you have to be born again. You have to have placed your faith and trust in Christ. And it's Christ's righteousness that cleanses you. It's Christ's sacrifice that cleanses you. But he, that's, that's all he did. Was he, he went around preaching, you must be born again. And we're, I'm very thankful for, for a man like George Whitfield that could do that because... He had already taken uh, the license from the state where other men like Shubal Stearns and, and many men had been uh, sent out to sea. I, I'm trying to remember. I think it's Abraham Marshall um, was, uh, was arrested and um, disenfranchised. Uh, the, the penalty for him preaching without a license was they took his land, they took his uh, everything he had, all of his money, and they put him in a boat and sent him out to sea to die and uh he's in the boat and he prays lord if you bring me back to land uh, you know wherever you take me i'm gonna i'm gonna start a church and the the ship the boat comes back to sea or comes back to land and he gets out walks up to the first house and starts preaching the gospel 
and that was uh, that was in Rhode Island. But um, Whitfield could go because he had already done all of these things. But he understood the true need. He understood the heart of man. And Jesus, again, gets right to it. Uh, even if Nicodemus is not ready to admit himself, uh, Nicodemus knew in his heart that there was something off. That's why he's here. He wouldn't have come to Jesus by night uh, at, at the risk of his own life, going against the, his own sect. He wouldn't have come if he didn't know something was wrong. Uh, he couldn't quite put his finger in, in what was going on and what was wrong, but he knew there was something. And not much has changed in a few thousand years. We, we as, as humans can sense when there's something wrong with ourselves or there's something wrong with our kids or, or our spouse. But oftentimes we can't put our finger on, on the problem. We can't get to the heart of the problem. And it's simply because we're not willing to be completely honest with ourselves and those around us. We're not willing to, to, to say, it's me. It's sin. It's evil and wickedness in my heart. We're not willing to, to put ourselves out there in a way that, that will allow us to truly understand what's going on. We are blinded by the world's eyes and norms and cannot or will not see through God's eyes. The Jews had created an idol and refused to see it. We create idols of sin and because they are hidden from the world or minimized by them, we are okay with worshiping them. Jesus will take the next 16 verses here trying to explain to Nicodemus his state and at this time, I feel like he's failed. At the end of all this, Nicodemus leaves uh, without any real, any better understanding. But there's a difference. There's a difference between Nicodemus and the rest of the Pharisees. The rest of the Pharisees will spend uh, the whole book of John trying to kill Christ, and eventually, uh, you know, they'll they'll go and they'll get Judas Iscariot. They'll give him thirty pieces of silver to betray Christ, and, and they'll give the fake trial, and they'll put Christ on the cross, and he'll be crucified. But Nicodemus, something is different. He has a truly seeking heart. He truly wants to know. He understands that there's something wrong, and he has the desire to fix it. He has the desire to change. He's not just hearing. He's not just listening. All the other Pharisees, all the other Israelites that, that chose to, to walk away from God all throughout history that have chose to walk away from the Word of God and have chosen to gone to hell have heard it. They've heard the gospel, but they've not listened to it. Fortunately, Nicodemus is seeking the answer. And while he might not understand completely, he's willing to listen and learn. He's willing to ask questions. He's willing to seek and to let God reveal it to him. It takes the whole gospel of John, but in the end, Nicodemus is willing to put himself in harm's way to help Joseph of Arimathea anoint the body of Christ and bury him. That's in John chapter 19. Um, Joseph of Arimathea is, uh, is named in all of the gospels. Uh, but in John chapter 19 is the only place you see Nicodemus's role. John chapter 19 and verse number 38. Let me take a drink real quick. <clears throat> I did too much yelling yesterday. Every time I got to shoot Malachi, I had to yell at him. No, I'm kidding. <clears throat> John chapter 19 and verse number 38. It says, And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, 
being a disciple of Christ, of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. He came therefore and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which is the first, which at the first came to Jesus by night, and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. Then took they the body of Jesus and wound it in linen clothes with the spices, as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulcher, wherein he was never, wherein never man yet laid. There laid they Jesus, therefore because of the Jews, preparation day for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. Nicodemus, I believe, we don't see his conversion, we don't have confirmation in the word of God, but I believe that if a man is willing at this point, after watching Christ be crucified, after watching his own sect, the other religious leaders, the other Pharisees treat Christ the way they did, if he's willing to go and risk his own life to bring down the body and anoint it and bury it and serve Christ in that way, I believe he truly was saved. And I believe that we will see him in heaven one day. Something changed. But he was willing to seek and not just, not just listen, but do. And that's the key. This week as we think about and we go through our lives, think about Nicodemus. What part of his life are you living right now? Are you living the life before he met Christ and serving an idol? Are you at the point where you've met Christ and are seeking the truth? Or are you willing to put your life on the line and serve him no matter what those around you may think or do? Next week we're going to break down these verses. Uh, we're going to start going verse by verse and we're going to really dig into the explanation that Christ gives and, and what he says and, and, and how all of that ties in with us. But think about that as you go through this week. Think about Nicodemus and think about your own life. I know in my life there are many places where I've heard and I'm not doing. Where I know the truth, but it's not coming out in my life. And that's why when I, when I pray, I pray that... that the truth would sink into our heart and it would take root and it would grow and it would change us because without change, we will never become the likeness of Christ. Without that change, without being full of the Holy Spirit and being full of Christ and, and acting upon what He's taught us, we will never change this city. We will never change this county. We will never change this state or this country. And I still honestly, truly believe that that we are we're doing what God wants here. We're doing God's will. And I believe that we can make a difference here. And that we can make a difference in this county, in this state, in this country, in this world from Maxwell, Iowa. I believe that we can make that difference. So think about that this week uh, as you're studying and as you're going about your day. Uh, what are you doing? How are you living? What part of Nicodemus's life are you living at this point? I pray uh, that we will all strive to be Nicodemus at the end where he is sacrificing everything uh, no matter what uh, peril may fall on him to serve the Lord. A little short today. Uh, I just wanted to go through an overview uh, so we could really dig in next week. But um, let's pray and then we'll, we'll be dismissed. 
Father God, we love you again. We thank you so much uh, for what you've done for us. Lord, we thank you for dying on the cross. Most importantly, Lord, for rising again, for conquering death and hell for us, for being that last and only sacrifice that we will ever need. And Lord, for doing all that while we were yet sinners. God, I pray that each and every one of us would have that attitude of gratitude, Lord, that that thankfulness and truly understand what you've done for us and that we would be willing uh, to hazard our lives for you. That we would be willing to go through uh, the pain and the hardship of changing and being conformed to your image. So Lord, please guide and direct this week. Work in us. Lord, work in me. Um, There is a lot that I need to change. There's a lot of growing that I need to do. So God, please uh, continue to guide, continue to provide, continue to work in us. Uh, Please be with uh, Pam as she goes through her surgeries this week. And um, please be with uh, the kids' grandma Kim. Uh, She's recovering from her surgery. And uh, Lord, we love you and we thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. um, I guess that was the one thing that I was forgetting uh, this morning or this afternoon. Um, I 